Hey, Crystal. Hey, Joseph. Do you want to talk about what it means to love oneself? I sure do. Oh, good. Listen in to find out more. Welcome to A Word From Our Outpost. With Joseph and Crystal Gruber. A podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling to be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, and carry them on by thy gracious assistance, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, here we are. We're going to talk about what it means to love oneself in a rightly ordered sort of way. Yeah. We like talking about love of God, love of neighbor, love of self, framing a lot of things in light of that. Why is that? What, that why is that? Oh, I <laughs> I was a little bit worried that the way that we were structuring it, that I would end up be the one asking you, and that you wouldn't have a ready answer. This happens sometimes when I'm on the radio show with Matt, where I think we set each other up to ask the question that one of us knows, but we are the one asking it, just by the nature of the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whoops. Whoopsie. Tell us more, Joseph. Yeah. Uh when somebody asks what was the greatest commandment to Jesus, uh, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second commandment is like it, or the second commandment follows from it, depending on how you want to translate it. Um, the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's this implication that uh Loving God and neighbor and self are kind of important because he follows that up with this summarizes the law and the prophets, which, you know, is like the fullness of God's revelation up to that point, right? Like, and that Jesus came to be the completion of that. And if he came to complete the law and the prophets, and Jesus says, well, the law and the prophets can be summed up with love of God, neighbor, and self, that that's also what Jesus came to complete. Like Jesus comes to complete um, our ability to love God, our ability to love neighbor, and our ability to love self, that they will only find their fullness in Christ. And so it, it does leave open that question of uh, what is it to love oneself well? And and this is interesting to me for for two reasons one the context of to love one's neighbor as yourself which means that i can it's sort of implying i can only love my neighbor as well as i love myself so if i've got a lot of self-hatred and trash talk to myself going on that i might be inhibited in my ability to love my neighbor well well maybe yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue that there's going to be some sort of inhibition, but it's it's a kind of call to to use one to check the other. Yeah, and and this is interesting because I think in today's world there's a lot of talk around self care and how am I how am I loving myself in terms of taking care of myself and am I making sure that I do things. Um, that I like doing and things like that, which is like not a bad thing, but I think this often gets interpreted um, in the Catholic world and, and maybe 
rightfully so, as an overemphasis on self and uh, a selfishness that can then start to happen that also doesn't truly acknowledge the neighbor piece of the puzzle. And so then this response is, well, Catholics, we embrace suffering. And so I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on the suffering and, and neglect myself because the world has this overemphasis on self-care that's disordered and the right response is suffering um, and the self-sacrifice, which um, can become, if the pendulum swings too far, a, sort of a false martyrdom. And I, I see this a lot in mom in moms um, with some of my mom friends who are at, at home where it becomes an overcorrection and a real loss of self in a way that is actually detrimental to the to the spirit of the home. Well, and and to see not to like uh, call people out too hard on this, but it it's a kind of disobedience. It's saying that Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you say, well, I'm going to hate myself and love my neighbor, that's not what he says to do. Mm-hmm. That, and that, you know, maybe is a good definition of disobedience, to, <laughs> to do the thing that isn't what you're told to do, but rather contrary to what you're told. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. I don't want people to listen to us and say, Joseph and Crystal made me feel really bad about how much I hate myself. Uh, Because we want this to be uplifting. We want this to be encouraging. But to say, like, can you see that this doesn't quite mesh up with the life of a Christian? Mm -hmm. That that, um, the neglect of self, uh, the implication should be then that we should neglect our neighbor. And we we know that's wrong, and if 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 it follows through, that the conclusion is absurd, then we have to go back and, and revisit our premises, and and one of these premises, I think it's worth reviewing. What is it to love oneself? It's it's it can't be a total self negation, yeah, because then the implication then I should negate my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't follow. Um, so what what is it to love? Just generally speaking, we can start there and then try to build up a case for what is it to love oneself well. What is it to love, Joseph? See, this is the dynamic, <laughs> right? <laughs> when, when we anticipate the setup and it works <laughs> and we're like, yes, this is it, this is... What is it to love? It's to will the good of that which is loved. So uh, when we love our neighbor, we're willing their good. That means we're not trying to set them up for failure. We're trying to set them up for success. It means that we desire good things for them. It means we desire their flourishing, that they become fully human, that they become what they are called to be, how they are called to be. And... So if that's what loving one's neighbor is, maybe when we work backwards, those are the things we should be thinking about for ourselves. How do we set ourselves up for success? How do we work for our own flourishing? How do we desire good things for us versus things that are not good, things that are detrimental, things that are going to be 
caustic, toxic, uh, debilitating. Yeah, and when I when I reflect on seasons of our lives where I have not wanted to love my neighbor, where I thought I just I don't have anything to give, and I I'm adverse to the idea of having a relationship with my neighbors, it's often in seasons where I'm not setting myself up for success. And so I I don't feel like I have the space to love my neighbor because I don't, (laughs) because I, I, what I'm giving myself is, um, nothing. And so I don't, I can't give what I don't have. And, 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 well, and, and that kind of language, what can you give yourself? Like, for the most part, that's not how this works. We actually yeah. have to do this other thing that is really hard to do. Not give ourselves things. We have to receive. Yeah. And uh, working over the past however many years with different people, helping to unpack what it is to be a Catholic Christian, what it is it to be a disciple of Christ. A lot of it comes down to this this stance of receptivity, mm. of saying, I, I'm going to put myself in the path of receiving good things. So um, it's occurring to me, so we had a, the podcast we did a couple weeks ago upon with the airing sequence, we talked about beginning things and we talked about setting ourselves up for success. And I, I think I shared in that about setting shoes out so that I'd go for a walk first thing in the morning. This is an interesting thing because it's occurring to me just now that I'm asking myself to receive something from my past self in doing that. And so there's even, and, and I felt uncomfortable with that. I, I felt uncomfortable with the idea of that I would need to put shoes out for myself but in reality, I was uncomfortable with receiving a, a gift. From you. From me. <laughs> Future me was uncomfortable with receiving from past me. Wow. And this is a weird thing. This is a less human thing. We've been talking a fair bit about um, debt. Uh, we were appearing in the Catholic Money Summit, hosted by our friends Jonathan and Amanda Texera the founders of Wallet Win and the hosts of the Catholic Money Show and uh, speaking about debt in particular, but finances kind of in general. And and I've always been really struck by Pope Leo XIII and especially his, his encyclical Rerum Novarum. And he talks about it, I think it's in paragraph seven, about what it is to be human, what it is to be man man in the more generic sense, back when English had uh, a different word for female humans and male humans, and man was just the summative of humanity. Uh, So what is it to be man? To be fair, in the late 19th century, when he was writing Rerum Navarum, that distinction had already disappeared from the English language, but it's still a holdover. Language, 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 folks. Uh, but, he, but he talks about our ability to link the future with our present and to make decisions now that will be of our advantage in the future. That this is a human thing. 
It's also one of the justifications for the ownership of private property. Who knew? But it's a distinctly human thing to make a decision now that will benefit us in the future. And when we say, I'm uncomfortable with setting myself up up for success, Mm. that's a weird thing. That's a, it's a less human way to be. And one of the goals of loving ourselves is to become more human. We're proposing. Yeah. And, and this, this pursuit of a fully human life for a sanctified life to believe like it's possible for me to pursue holiness and, and to pursue holiness is to pursue sanctification. And, and there's this, um, I think a distinction of, how we understand ultimately like self-forgetfulness in so that we can love our neighbor. And there's a difference between totally neglecting oneself and ignoring oneself versus having a really full understanding of my full humanness and my full goodness and that I am created in the image and likeness of God that allows me when I'm living in that to love my neighbor really well when I'm with them, because I'm not so concerned about myself. I'm actually able to be fully present to them in a way that's joyful and peaceful. We can't fake that joy and that peace. And I think I see in moms where there's this, uh, this sacrificialness that is a false martyrdom where there, there isn't a joy and a peace in the way that, that, those women engage with. And, and I've been there. I don't mean this as like a blame or a, you're a terrible person. If I've been that woman <laughs> and it, it's not, it's not fun. And it, and it, it doesn't allow for the fullness of the other's humanity. Um, yeah. So there's back years ago, you had uh, a quote on your computer and it was something about how the apostolate is the overflow from the interior life. Yeah, the Do you cup, remember that? The cup overflowing. Right. This is this is when we think about the Christian life um, and what it is to be human. John Paul II has this line that man only finds himself through a sincere gift of himself, mm-hmm. and that gift is overflow from our relationship with God. We overflow into the lives of others, our apostolate, our ability to love others. I'm still kind of on this kick, ladies and gents, that evangelization is is kind of a fancy way for loving people well. And to be able to love people well is an overflow of having received the love of God. And, And sometimes it seems like instead of being the little vessel that is filled to overflow um, that either we're pretending we're a lot larger of a vessel, like we have a puffed up image of ourselves and that's just not going to be filled because that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or we're not actually going to the source to be filled. And we have a little puddle in the bottom of our vessel and we're trying to like scoop water out and pretend we're overflowing. (laughs) Right. And, and those, I mean, analogies break down. I get that. Um, but but fundamentally being willing to receive first mm-hmm. and then to go and to love. Because what is our desire for our neighbor? We, we want them to receive the love of God. Mm-hmm. 
plainly and simply, there is no better lover than Jesus Christ. There is nobody who cares about us more than our Creator. There is nobody who is attending to us more than our Savior. So wanting that for people should mean that we want that for ourselves. So that's one of the things. Like, And then setting ourselves up to receive, to, to make it more possible, more likely. I was talking to one friend about developing a habit of prayer, and they, they were struggling to think of anything that they did habitually. I was like, well, probably in the morning you go to the bathroom. Why don't you could literally just put a Bible on the threshold of the door to the bathroom so that when you go to the bathroom, first thing, you have to step over the Bible to get in and you have to move the Bible to close the door. And so the Bible is in your hands and then you can take it with you when you leave the bathroom and like just set yourself up so that you stumble across these good things so that you're putting yourself in a position to receive. And that that's something that we can do mm-hmm. um you know it's, I, i'm really quite enamored by this idea of those sorts of things are our future self is receiving something from our past self yeah and this idea of training our hearts to be receptive first and foremost to to the love of the father to to god's love and to god's gift and to all that he has to give to us and and trusting that part of that is the the desires of our hearts and that when we have a desire for something more or when we feel a calling on our heart that maybe just maybe that's from the lord and when we think oh if only i could do this that but that would be too much and i don't deserve to get to do that thing um it's like no like i mean it might have to be morphed or changed or altered in the context of our lives but the fact of the matter is is that when we receive desires on our hearts and when we receive um yeah gifts from the lord like he wants us to be able to be joyful even in the midst of suffering and when there's not joy then it may not actually be the suffering that he's calling us to well and with the desires of one's heart uh, again, to work backwards, if one of our neighbors had desires and hopes and dreams and aspirations, what would we want for them? Uh, I would want them to be able to talk it through with somebody who is knowledgeable and wise and a good counselor. Um, so why wouldn't we want that for us as well? Why wouldn't we say, oh, I, I wish I would find good counsel I would find wise mentors. I would find a confidant. Um, It's what we would want for our neighbor to help to discern what is going on in our hearts. We too should want that and say, you know, if, if I think that my neighbor is worth receiving this kind of counsel, maybe I too am. Yeah. Is that helpful? It is helpful. I like that a lot. Do you have any quick challenge? Yeah. So I think for a quick challenge, dear listener, to think about what is a way that you can be a gift to your future self to set yourself up for success in some way. Love to hear about it. 
at hello at our outpost.org. Or if you want to watch this on YouTube and post a comment on YouTube, we started that recently. So we're giving that a try as well. And I'll pray us out. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray for us and for our listeners that we might be more receptive to um, being a gift of self through uh, first being attentive to how you are calling us to receive gift for ourselves. We ask all this through your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. From our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify. Also, John Mark is one word. J-O-H-N-M-A-R-C. Ha-ha.